0: Well, Letitia, it's been a long time since we held these microphones.
1: Yeah, we've had a little bit of a break, although the podcasts have kept rolling. They
0: have kept ro- The podcast? Yes. What's a podcast? You mean a podcast? <laughs> yeah, well, it's the
1: new thing. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you can still speak. Um, you've uh-huh. had a big,
0: long break. Um, uh, you've been back now for as long as you're away. Uh, mm. How are you feeling about the year ahead?
1: Yeah, still good. Yeah, I still feel fresh. It's <laughs> <laughs> great. Excellent. I do.
0: Um, so, we have something big coming up in may for our country i just i feel like this is so significant for our country having been in washington as we were together and, and talked to a bunch of people not just on the podcast but generally and getting a sense of what god's doing in our world there is there is this to, to use a to use a latisha it's new and fresh mm. <laughs> but th- this this whole idea of city gospel movement now that that's the label that you know needs explanation to see what God's doing in the towns and cities around the world, bringing churches together, bringing Christians together across churches, across marketplace, across government, across justice and mercy and all that sort of thing and seeing them all come together to say we're in this together and we need to work together to see the flourishing of our cities. It's incredible.
1: Yes, <laughs> it is. Actually, It's we're reshaping the shape of the church uh, yeah. in our nation, not to... Um, to be posted towards our city. Yeah, um, absolutely. And I know a lot of churches do good community work, but this is actually joining with the body of Christ. Yeah, um, absolutely. We can't afford to be in our silos just doing our own little good things, but um, it's got to be strategic, collaborative uh, for the sake of our cities.
0: Absolutely. And the thing, the thing that both uh, sort of saddened me but also excited me at the potential is when we were in Washington, I looked around and there weren't many from Australia. Mm. There certainly weren't many from the bigger cities of Australia. So we're gathering in May uh, for our Movement Day, our, our second one. Um, uh, and what I'm looking forward to seeing over the next few years is this just take a hold of our nation and this, the towns and cities of our nation Um you're yeah. going, I assume.
1: I'll be there. I mean, yeah. the exciting thing is um, already Perth are doing their yep. own Movement Day, so we will have been there um, the weekend before the yep. Australian one. So there's cities that are beginning to take hold of it. We're yeah. planning one here for Toowoomba, but um, we wanna we hold the big national gathering, hoping that um, mm. people will take it back to their own towns and cities. Not just a conference, but the, the, the gospel moving in their cities Absolutely. every day. Mm. So today, yep. um, we're about to go to, I interview um, a guy called David yep. Uh He's a pastor, he's in the marketplace as well, so mm. he'll be at Movement Day. So he's going to tell us some really
0: exciting stories. Fantastic. And uh, you just said then he's a pastor and he's in the marketplace. Um, what a great thing to, to be straddling uh, the church and the mm. marketplace uh, to, to bring those two together in mm. strategic collaboration. So I'm really looking forward to listening to this interview you had with David Balestri.
1: So today we're joined on the phone by David Balestri who lives in Sydney and Dave welcome to Love Your City podcast.
2: Thank you great to be with you today.
1: And thank you for your time. Now Dave I understand that you wear a few hats in this world so just tell us a little bit about what you do.
2: Sure, sure. I um, currently I work as the executive leader of a church called Hope UC on the Central Coast. My senior pastors are Pastor Mark and Darlene, check. Mm-hmm. And uh, I work here as the business manager and uh, take care of some some sort of the executive operations. It's a multi-site church. I also uh, run a couple of consultancy companies. One called Giant Maker, which I coach uh, some business people and uh, people in some of their career development. Mm-hmm. And then the other company I run is called Elite Human Development, and that's where I coach organisations and. Uh, uh, some different sort of larger businesses around, um, uh, team dynamics and emotional intelligence. So yeah, it, uh, it definitely keeps me busy.
1: Yeah, no, it sounds like it would. Um, now, you know, you're, you're involved in the marketplace out there, not just in your church. And yeah. I believe that you've got some great stories of what God has been doing, um, in the marketplace. Are, are you able to share a few of those with us?
2: Yeah, certainly. I mean, the, the marketplace is, is an interesting thing. I, I think the way that I would precursor this is that a lot of the time in church, I know even uh, in in different experiences that I've had, we always say, well, we just need to get out there. You know, the church just needs to get out mm-hmm. into the marketplace and into the city. But the reality is that for 98% of the people that are, go, go to church, uh, that's exactly where we are Monday to Saturday. So I'm not quite sure that we need to get into the marketplace. (laughs) I think the church is already in the marketplace Monday to Saturday. I think really the better way to say that is, wouldn't it be wonderful if if we became active or activated at a really high level in the marketplace? And then, you know, what would that look like? So um, it's been my joy and pleasure as part of just my, you know, my journey to, walk alongside a number of um, great, great people that love God that have really found a niche or their place, if we can say it that way, in the marketplace. So mm. I think, uh, are you happy for me to share yeah. a couple of
1: Yeah, we'd love to.
2: Great. Well, one of them is um, is Bonnie Gray. And Bonnie Gray is a wonderful young girl, uh, young lady, excuse me, in our church who, who was contemplating going to America at the time and um, – going to go to a, a wonderful church there and do a sort of a year in their Bible college mm. as part of um, learning to do, uh, become a, she's a wonderful worship leader. And uh, so she was uh, She was going to go there and do that. And she actually was very blessed. There was a person that was going to underwrite all the costings, her plane tickets, mm. her accommodation for an entire year, all the college fees, and really just wanted to back her because she's a wonderfully talented young lady. And um, so she took me out for a coffee to have a chat um, one day, and she's telling me about all these great things. And I could sense that there was, even though it was all great, there was something that was still maybe unsettled. And I asked her about that. I said, well, this all sounds great. So why is it that I sense that, you know, there's something unsettled? And she said, well, look, I've, I've got this I've got this other little art thing, she said, in my heart. And she said, and I feel really convicted about it because she said, I feel like I'm letting this secular art thing get in the way of this spiritual opportunity Mm -hmm. to go you know to be part of this college so you know that really put some triggers in me because i i don't i don't see things as sacred and secular yeah um secular means god void and i don't think you know the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof so i don't actually contribute i don't think anything is secular i think everything is sacred It, it just you know becomes how we bring that expression and so I challenged some of that thinking in her around it and I said to her, Look, I I think you should you should consider both things as spiritual and really ask the Lord about which one you feel him, you know, tipping you into. Long story short is she decided to she decided that that God was really provoking her in her art and so she turned down this incredible Mm -hmm. opportunity to go to America and all the all the rest and started started doing these this artwork which is kind of interesting and um And we started talking about that, and she asked me about, you know, could I help her to understand how maybe the art could be really powerfully spiritual? And the reality is this. We came down to this thing. We said, what if they're not just artworks, but what if art is a portal to show the beauty and the glory of God, you know, in in creation? And so in the end, um, she started taking uh, commissioned work. And um, when she would interview people, she'd be asking the Lord. You know, most people that she was being commissioned to do work for us. they weren't asking her to paint religious paintings as such, just kind of beautiful paintings. And um, she would interview them, and as she was interviewing them, the Lord would just put some scriptures on her heart for them or maybe maybe a wonderful word of encouragement. And she wouldn't say that to them while she was interviewing them, but what she would do is write those scriptures or those words into the canvas, just paint over the canvas, and then paint what she was asked to mm. paint by, by the client. And then... When the client would come to first maybe see the artwork, she would leave the client in the studio and get them to unveil the artwork themselves, and she'd leave them for 10 minutes. And when she came in, many a time she said, you know, the client, she'd find the client in tears and overwhelmed. And and when she asked what was going on, the client, unbeknown to, you know, what was in the artwork as far as underneath the scriptures or anything else, would start to talk about how the painting, which is kind of a little bit of abstract art, was ministering to them, you know, speaking to them about maybe their father's love or about yeah. about just intimacy or something like that, and and it was you know it was uncanny because many of those many of the things that they were talking on were the scriptures that mm. Bonnie had painted into the painting, you know, inside there. So you know, she's she's just doing so so well and. Uh, She's actually. Uh, this is about three years ago. She started that, and she just. I just had some time with her, and she's actually been invited to go to Paris.
1: Wow.
2: Uh, to teach art in Paris to you know some of the most influential people in the art world. Wow. And so from you know three years ago, I was thinking art was this little secular thing in the corner yeah. so just to just bring out the minister through that. I, I just think that's a powerful testimony of yeah. what people could do, you know, in the marketplace. Whether you're an artist, a doctor, a lawyer, a barrister, it really doesn't matter, I don't think. Just remember that everything is spiritual and therefore everyone is a minister. I don't think we need to I don't think we need to worry if the church is in the city. If the church is in the city, the question is are we active and activated and do we see, you know, what we do, our vocation as our calling.
1: Yeah, and that, it's just that subtle uh, mind shift in our, our minds, isn't it? From thinking, mm. I've got to do something for Jesus. I'm going to go to Bible college to you oh, know, know right. everything I'm doing is for Jesus. Uh, and he yes. wants to use all of it. And your simple encouragement there as a as a leader um, pointed her mm. in the right direction. Yeah, uh, yeah that's but,
2: right. isn't it interesting that the first time we ever uh, hear in the Bible someone that was filled with the Spirit, it was in connection to their artistic craft, which was yeah. uh, uh, someone that was going to work uh, to build the tabernacle. I, I just find that ironic that the, at the beginning of Scripture, God doesn't separate His anointing from yeah. our function in the marketplace. We've done that, and we've created some, maybe some, some unnecessary silos that have not helped, um, have not helped us, and have not helped the church. Uh, you know, And it, it definitely, I don't think, uh, lives in the mind of God.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. And we won't fully reach our cities until we um, release mm. our people into that area. Yes. Uh, tell yeah, us one yeah. more story, Dave, and then I'll...
2: Sure, sure. The other one that comes to mind, is it's a big story, but I'll, I'll say it really quickly, which is it's, um, it's a bit of a controversial story, so it's probably mm. just radio. Yeah, great. He's <laughs> uh, a young, young, young guy who... selling mobile phones, who felt a real prompting from the Lord. He was another artistic guy, but he felt the Lord really calling him into a very interesting industry, which is the tattoo industry, which, again, this is is kind of one of those interesting ones. He felt the Lord asking him to to engage in the tattoo industry, which, you know, in in Australia has a bad reputation and all the rest, and even in Christian circles, we're not quite sure if God's into that or not. But nevertheless, a long story short was this young man... Uh, engaged in that space and um, began in, became involved in that industry and very quickly in the industry was uh, headhunted to uh, go and work in a very exclusive or a very famous tattoo studio in Bondi Beach uh, in Sydney. And um, after he was working there as a, as a Christian young man in the tattoo industry, um, I think within six months the ABC Decided that they wanted to do a documentary about the tattoo industry in Australia, and um, uh, lo and behold, because this young man was a Christian in that industry, they felt that that was very interesting, yeah. and they ended up um, ended up asking him to be as one of the tattoo artists on the show. Now, on the show, you know, it's reality TV and all the rest, and um, what happened was that this young man, you know, he was a bit set up in the sense they gave him lots of really interesting and. Probably pretty wild people to tattoo because they thought it would make good television. The thing that they underestimated and didn't really know was this young boy is uh, loves the Lord, but he's a wonderful evangelist and a very gracious person. And uh, he just uh, he was able to just really wonderfully, you know, <laughs> deal with and and minister to while he was tattooing these people uh, in a very wonderful way the love of God, and so much so that. Um, the, the maitre d' or the guy that, that, that was a manager of that studio who was, a you know, quite an outspoken guy he was, a, you know, an alternate lifestyle kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Um, they were interviewing him and they said to him, hey, how do you get on with the Christian guy in the <laughs> studio? You know, how do you get on with him? And uh, he, he said this thing. He said, you know, I've never been to church and I, I don't know about much about Jesus. But he said, you know, John, his, his tattoo, he said his tattoo guy, he said, John's my best friend out of all the tattoos here and if Jesus is anything like John, then I'd be I'd be more than happy to to know Jesus, you know. Yeah. Now this that, that that was said on not only national television because that, that show ended up becoming called Tattoo Tales. That was not only viewed on in Australia national television, it was actually bought that whole series was bought by Netflix, okay. taken to America and Canada had a viewing audience of 85 million people and now currently stands as the most downloaded documentary Mm. in the history of Netflix. Mm, Really? I just think it's amazing about our obedience and about, I think God God wants to be in every part of the city to be truthful, and and wherever people are, that's where God wants to be.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and he uses Mm. tattoo artists. Uh, That's a brilliant story, and I hope... um, Yeah, I hope that encourages us to, especially for um, ministers and pastors out there listening to release and encourage our people, no matter what type of work they're in, that that is just as spiritual as anything that happens in church on a Sunday. And um, David, we're talking to you because you're going to be at Movement Day in Sydney coming up in a few weeks. And this is the whole um, emphasis of Movement Day is to see the gospel released into our cities, into tattoo artists um, into pubs into every area of our city so for yourself as a, a pastor in our nation as a marketplace leader why do you attend movement day
2: yeah i think movement day is a wonderful platform i think that captures these very important stories and these very important testimonies that that are just helping pastors and leaders and you know everyday christians to um, be able to see uh, what God is doing in the marketplace, be encouraged by it, and, and hopefully, I think, you know, ultimately be able to go home and say, you know what, here too, Lord, you can do you can do this in my city. And I just think that, that my, the Movement Day um, helps to tell that story in a way that, you know, uh, we can be encouraged. It's telling about stories that are happening right now, not just 50 years ago, or mm-hmm. and even not just you know it's all great you know that they're happening all over the world but you know movement day is telling stories about what's happening here in australia today you know in 2019 and so um i I think there's something powerful about testimony and i think that's what movement day creates a platform and a context for that
1: yep no it, it sure does well Um, I'm looking forward to being there and um, we'll catch up with you there. And hopefully um, people who are listening will feel compelled to go onto the website and register and sign up today because it is really an inspiring two days of just hearing God at work in every sphere of life. So thank you, David, so much for your time. Thank you. And we'll catch you shortly. Goodbye. Thank you so much. So what I really took from what we just heard from David there, Mm. um, I loved his story about the artist Bonnie who really had a desire to do something for God and was heading towards Bible college but David actually came along and said, hey, God's given you a gift Mm. uh, in art and use that for his glory. That's just as spiritual and I Mm. think this is the shift that we need to see. I mean, I went to Bible college but it doesn't always train you uh, for out there in your everyday life. Yeah. Um, And I've spoken to a few people, young people in our cities who are passionate and think that they've got to do something in the church or at Bible college to serve God, but Mm. um, that he actually wants to use you in the marketplace with Mm. your giftings uh, for his kingdom, for his glory. So I love that story about Bonnie and I think she's going to be at Movement Day. So hopefully we'll get to meet her.
0: I think we need like a a bit of a... um on our podcast, we could bring in like a noise that sounds off when there's a word that we use in church world that we need to stop using. <laughs> exactly. Okay? And, and as you were talking then about that and as you spoke with Dave, the one of the words we need to get rid of is the ministry, mm. entering the ministry. Because mm, whenever totally. we use it, we're talking about pastors Yeah. and pastors enter the ministry. We need to start saying, if you're a Christian, yeah. guess what? Yep. You've entered the ministry. Yes. And on whatever, whatever front that is, that's where... Yep. You are to serve and to minister.
1: Yeah, and I mean, David brought out the point that we're always trying to tell people we need to get out there into our cities, get out there. Um, but they're already out there. Yeah. Great, <laughs> they're out there. <laughs> We've just got to help empower them. That what yep. they're doing out there is yeah. um, vital, and yeah, that's fantastic. their ministry. Yeah. Um, and so that's part of the new church for the new world. Yeah. And so and let's be a part of releasing our people yeah. and empowering and equipping them. Yeah, fantastic. Um, in that.
0: What else stood out from the interview, Tish? Was there anything else that...
1: Uh, I like the tattoo artist. Yeah, Yeah, I think God uses whoever, however. Yep. Um, David was a bit worried that it might be controversial, but I read the Bible and there's plenty of controversy. (laughs) Yeah, look, we're a
0: podcast too. If you're not controversial, no one will listen. Yes, exactly. You stir the pot every now and again. You're very good at that. You're better at that than me. (laughs) Good. So, David's going to be at Movement Day. Yeah. Um, So, it's May 8 and 9. Mm -hmm. down in Sydney at what the venue is called the... Yeah,
1: good question.
0: Get on the website. It doesn't matter. Get on the website. Good save. Um, Uh, Mm www.movementday.com.au. When you jump on at the moment, straight away a pop-up will come up and that's your registration. So get in there and register. They've just brought in group discounts. So if you Mm -hmm. bring a a team from your city, Mm -hmm. uh, they'll reduce the registration fee a bit for you. If you can fill up a car and do a road trip to Sydney or Mm -hmm. if you're already in Sydney, just do whatever. Um, but, but get on board it, like, um, this is going to be huge. And I think this is going to be a huge part of the, a new frontier for the church in Australia. Um, and Movement Day is really really driving this in at the front end So get, get along, mm. register today Once yep. you listen to this podcast
1: And go to Love Your City Facebook page Listen to that, share our podcasts um, Where We depend on you guys to help spread the word
0: We'd love any questions or comments or any feedback you have So Tisha, it's good to be back Yes for a, for a, Well, it makes no difference to people who are listening Because it's just a week <laughs> apart But for us, it's been a while So yep. good to see you again You look good Oh, thanks <laughs> I'm pressing stop <laughs>